Shalom Saint. Um, on this segment, I just want to share a backstory on why I wrote the book Glad Tidings Heralding the Restoration of the Government of Heaven. Um, I think this is very important, especially for those who do not have a context. Uh, who do not know me, who do not have any clue about who I am. So uh, I thought I'd record this. Um, I'm in my 30s, right? I'm my mid-30s now. And uh, for the first 30 years of my life, uh, as a matter of fact, I say 32 years, my life I was a Christian I professed the religion Um, at the height of my Christian experience I was uh, the head of the youth fellowship of, of of the church that I was attending at that point I as a matter of fact I just been appointed as uh, a member of the local board, uh, which is quite a prestigious position. Uh, my myself and my estranged wife had been appointed, so it was. Um, yeah, I was. I was even a, a member of choir. You know, I was the secretary, uh, a regular uh, vocalist, lead vocalist in the in the choir. I was a church boy, okay? Uh, I lived the triangular lifestyle. I, it was pretty much home, work, church, home, work, church. I was that kind of guy, right? And then an encounter really changed all of that. And I've had several encounters in my lifetime. Uh, but there was a particular encounter that sort of changed that for me. I was in church. This was sometime around 2018. Uh, I was in church and, you know, uh, a gentleman, uh, an elderly gentleman, I think in in his early 50s, uh, called myself and a few young men. Um, It was something he did uh, from time to time. You know, he was just trying to tell us stories. This is a widely traveled gentleman. He had traveled to uh, Dimona in Israel. And um, it was fascinating to hear him, you know, share some of these stories. And he said, uh, it was a passing comment. Um, I don't think he intended to make a big deal out of it, but he said, oh, by the way, uh, on one of his visits to Demona in Israel, which is where uh, black people are settled in, in Israel, um, he was told by someone that, oh, welcome home. And it was like, well, <laughs> this is not quite home. And the person, uh, you know, went to tell him the story of how, you know, the true Israelites are actually black and all of that. It, this was a passing comment. Uh, like I said, I don't think he, he meant to make a big deal out of it. Uh, but I, it was like a moving train when he said that to me. I was like, okay, there must be something uh, for me, I, you know, I have a very um, interesting mind, you know, very 
pictorial mindset, uh, I started to add two and two together. Okay, so if we are the Israel, uh, what does that mean? And so I went on a research uh, with the intention of proving him wrong because for me it didn't make sense. I mean, I'm coming from a background where I listen to men like Mensah or Tabu, the popular, uh, you know, uh, Christian uh, uh, minister uh, in Ghana uh, who had said in the early 2000s that, you know, we were, we were Esau, you know. Apparently, everyone I've always thought that, you know, Esau was black race. There is a very powerful Christian uh, theology out there that talks about the fact that the, uh, the, 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 the black people uh, are, are Esau, they are descendants of Esau. So I went on a very dedicated research to find out if there was any merit to what he had said. And um, suffice to say, this book is an outcome of that research. Um, you know, I, it is my hope, uh, really, that uh, this book would open the frontiers of uh, critical research and, and, you know, that line of questioning, that contemplative act uh, in the minds of my readers who, would, who might be inspired to question the fundamentals of their profession. I'm not here to prove any point. I'm not here to uh, come across as some sort of scholar. Uh, and I'm not trying to run away from <laughs> from the responsibility of having put out the work. I'm happy to receive feedback from anybody. But really and truly, you know, uh, this book is, a, is, is an outcome of my own findings over the last uh, uh, three years of having left Christianity. Uh, of course, I no longer... Uh, go by that by that profession anymore um i i'm one of those who today now are reclaiming their identity their true identity um i'm gonna keep this short at this point and you know hopefully in the future i'm going to unpack the ideas behind the book you know chapter by chapter um you know yeah but yeah um Thank you for listening and and Shalom. Shalom, saints. Shalom, shalom. Uh, On this segment, uh, I want to register appreciation. Uh, So this is a gratitude segment. Where I'm from, uh, they say when... You are rendered a help and you're given something and you fail to show appreciation, fail to show gratitude that you are no better than an hand robber. So I want to assert that um, I, I have much uh, appreciation to give to many people. Uh, if, if I don't remember to mention your name on this segment, it's not because you are not important because you know i could spend an entire day uh you know mentioning names and that would be impractical in the context of this uh monologue so first and foremost i want to appreciate the most high the creator of heaven and heart 
the uh, the, the 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 supreme creator. Uh, he goes by many names, uh, but I call him Elidumari, uh, the creator of the rainbow, the creator of mankind, the creator of everything. I appreciate him for the gift of contemplation and the strength to stand uh, in the midst of persecution and in the midst of trials. Uh, I appreciate him for that. Uh, I want to appreciate my parents, Kolawale and Olusholabosedeoni. My parents uh, are not perfect, but I'm I'm grateful for how they raised me uh, to be uh, one who appreciates his own culture and his origin. I grew up in a household where we spoke uh, Yoruba before we spoke English. And so that helped me in my thought life, really. So I'm grateful to my parents. I pray that the most I will help you to live a life that pleases him. Uh, my, my, my siblings, for last year, I did turn on me. And Olato Yossi David Oni, I pray that the most I will grant you courage as well to to live for him in spite of everything um i want to appreciate my estranged uh wife uh eniola uh, i pray that the most i will reward you accordingly uh i pray for my son uh, i pray that the most i will help you to stand with him uh, against all odds one with the most tight, one with the creator is a majority in spite of all the noise and distractions. Uh, thank you for everything. Um, my friends in the community, uh, the, the righteous community of friends of Yahuwah, uh, the household of the Olubases, uh, Elder Mimoyemi wrote the foreword for this book. I'm grateful. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for sharing your experiences in life. Thank you for the impartation. Thank you for the encouragement. I appreciate as well uh, my brother uh, Caleb, special agent K. Uh, he's a younger version of myself. <laughs> uh, 10 years difference between us, uh, but we, we share the same birthday. Um, he's a very passionate young man. I pray that the Musta will help you, grant you wisdom to live. Uh, I want to appreciate Unwakasi uh, Namdi Promagnificos, the gentleman who created the uh, poignant hard work for the book. Uh, it's been a super blessing to me, um, helping me to transform my ideas into, into reality. I want to appreciate Henry Okachi, my friend and brother, who helped in, you know, uh, the typesetting for this book. Uh, it was an hard work task, but he, he was with me. Thank you, brother. I pray that the Most High will help you in your own trials as well. I pray that he will grant you courage to stand with him. Um, I want to appreciate uh, everyone, you know, who's been with me in one, one way or the other. I pray that the Most High will stand with you. I pray that you have the courage to stand with the Most High as well. Uh, to the readers, uh, anyone who will pick up this book in the future, I I, I want to appreciate you. But most importantly, I, I pray really that the Most High will will help you to choose Him all day. 
uh, many um, have chosen the gift ahead of the giver. I pray that won't be your your experience. Uh, there is never an explanation or justification for choosing or loving the gift more than the giver. Uh, so. Uh, May your may, may the road rise up to meet you. May may, may your path uh, open up. May may the Most High grant you courage. Uh, Shalom. Thank you. Eshewo, Modupe. Gracias. Danke. Dalu. Thank you so much. Thank you. Shalom. Shalom, saints. Um, I wonder why this is not on CNN. I really wonder why. Now, 98% of Christians who claim to be Bible-professing and Bible-believing have no clue. They have no idea at all about the Second Exodus, a future event, a, the promised regathering of the saints, the descendants of Jacob. They have no idea, they have no slightest clue. Yet, these same people advance the doctrine of rapture and um, what they call the uh, left behind theology. Now, for you to appreciate how big this is, okay, the, the left behind uh, theology or the rapture doctrine, an entire Hollywood production was created starring Nicolas Cage, an A-list actor, to bring to life the story of the, 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 the left behind, the, the, the rapture doctrine. So this is how huge this is as a phenomenon, which is why 98%, more than actually, believe in the rapture doctrine, even though there is not a single verse, not a single verse, from Genesis all the way to Revelation and all the extra extra books, not a single verse ascends this idea. Friends, this is, this is, this is crazy. Why is this conversation not on CNN. This is diabolical. My my sincere prayer, my my honest, earnest, sincere prayer is that the most I will, 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 will give the opportunity to people to wake up and smell the coffee and go back and study. It's no one is trying to claim I know it all here. We were all once blind, but this is insane. This, this has to be diabolical. That is my conclusion. It is my submission that this is diabolical. And I put a challenge to you. Go and ask your pastor to explain the second exodus, the future event that is yet to come in context of the rapture doctrine, sudden disappearances. Where, where, do you, where, did, where did this idea come from? I know where it came from. And I'm going to put a link in this video. Oh, sorry, in this audio, I'm going to put a link. Go check it out. This is insane, friends.
Shalom, saints. Shalom, shalom. Um, over the next couple of uh, minutes, I want to address uh, a question that I've been asked a few times. Um, my uh, name at birth is Olufemi Akonji Oni. Oni being my surname, Akonji being the praise name. And Olufemi being the first name, uh, it's 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 a name that I inherited from my grandfather, um, who was uh, Chief Olufemi Akonjiuni. So today I go by the name Saint Akonji. So I pretty much took uh, the praise name and I added the, the sainthood part of it. Um, the question people ask me is. Why do you call yourself Saint Ood? Oh, sorry, why do you call yourself Saint and why the Saint Ood? Uh, isn't that something people should bestow upon you like the Roman Catholic Church does? Um, you know, uh, the Roman Catholic Church has become uh, today the custodian of scriptures, pontificating over. Um, what is acceptable and what is not. Uh, The Pope uh, pretty much is seen as the voice of the Creator. And that's very, very interesting. There's a lot I can say about that, but uh, why why the sainthood? So I have two verses from the scripture that I would like to reference. The first one is uh, the book of Psalm 147. Uh, from verse 18 Uh, the scripture says he sends out his word and melt them he caused his wind to blow and the waters flow he showed his word unto Jacob his statutes and his judgment unto Israel he has not dealt so with any nation And as for his judgments, they have not known them. Praise ye, Yahuwah. Praise ye, the Lord. Uh, These few verses establish one fact, and that's the fact that as far as the statutes and judgments are concerned, there is only one nation of people who the Most High committed the oracles uh, of of his word to, and that is... Israel. Um, In the book, I explore the question around who Israel is, and we will get to that. Uh, But we're talking about sainthood. We'll flip on to Psalm 148, and we'll start from verse 13. The scripture says, and I read, Let them praise the name of Yahuwah. In your Bible, it probably will be the Lord. For his name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and heaven. He also exalts the honor of his people, of his people, the praise of all his saints, even of the children of Israel, a people near unto him. Praise ye Yahuwah. Now, for those who know English language very well, every time you see a semicolon, it is explaining whatever it is 
before that semicolon. So in this verse 14 of Psalm 148, it's very interesting to see that after the word saints, um, there is then the explanation, which is even of the children of Yasharal. So for those who claim, uh, you know, uh, to be Israelites today, um, automatically the, 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 the concept of sainthood appears applies to them at at least from a scriptural standpoint so the reason why i go by the name saint is not because um my ego is larger than life or because i'm trying to uh, prove a point i'm just going by what the scripture says uh, and because i consider myself to be a descendant of Jacob, uh, also known as Israel, um, I go by that name. It is my hope that, uh, you know, uh, many more people will take up that uh, edifying title and not wait to be canonized by the Roman Catholic Church. Shalom. Shalom, saints, Christians, and Muslims advance the theology of the Antichrist. The Muslims refer to him as the Jal. On this segment, I will explore the Hebraic understanding of the Antichrist. And as you can expect, it is not exactly the same. While there exists a convergence within the Islamic and the Christian traditions, in many ways than one, the Hebraic understanding of the concept of Antichrist is absolutely antithetical to the Islamic and the Christian position. This theme is explored throughout the Glad Tidings, but let's speak about the Antichrist. According to scriptures, the word Christ is the word Mashiach in Hebrew, which means anointed. In the mind of the Hebrew, as a nation of people, the understanding of being a Christ, being a Mashiach, or what Christians call Messiah, is nothing extraordinary, if I may put it that way. The nation itself is a nation of priests and kings. Saints, they are. Every descendant of Jacob is referred and regarded to as a saint. This is the subject covered in the last episode. So in the mind of the Hebrew, being anointed is not 
an eclipse of an event or phenomenon from Moses all the way to King David and all the prophets including a few animals uh, such as the donkey that spoke in the book of Numbers. We have had instances of where people and things were anointed. As a matter of fact, within the tabernacle of Moses, items dedicated for use in the sanctuary were anointed. So, but inanimate and animate objects were anointed. It's not an extraordinary concept. Now come to the Christian and Islamic traditions around the Antichrist. So we are clear in terms of what we're saying here. We're saying that from the Hebraic mindset, every Israelite is anointed. If you don't believe this position, I I encourage you to read the book of Psalms chapter 2 carefully as well. And so, we would need to unlearn wholly the theological proposition of the Islamic and the Christian faith as it relates to Christ and Antichrist. From the Hebraic mindset, any entity that is against the people of the Most High is regarded as Antichrist. And this understanding is far-reaching. I need you to meditate on this, but it's extremely far-reaching. It is a different connotation within the Islamic and Christian tradition. And so, brothers and sisters, the Hebraic understanding of Antichrist and Christ is diametrically opposed to the Christian and Islamic tradition. Pick up the glad tidings to find out more. Shalom. Shalom. Shalom, saints. On this segment, I will talk about how the Flavian dynasty, one of the many dynasties within the fourth kingdom of the Daniel prophecy, as seen in the book of Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7, was able to use crafty counsel to create distraction and to create a parallel universe, an antithesis against the Hebrew scriptures, so-called Old Testament. We'll call this segment War by Other Means. Brothers and sisters, history records how Rome the Iron Kingdom, the fourth kingdom of Daniel prophecy, applied its military might to extinguish various people groups within its vast territory. 
classic case are the Druids uh, of the Celtic uh, expression. The, the Druids were summarily extinguished, reduced to a footnote in history. This is the might of Rome. While administering its vast territory, Rome had difficulties in managing the ancient peoples, so-called Israelites, the chosen people of the Most High. He had vast challenges keeping them under control. It lost, indeed, many of its soldiers uh, to ceaseless unrest and upheavals by the various militaristic expressions within the Israelite people group. The Sikari, for example, were a very militarized faction within the nation. Uh, history records of the Masada massacre where the Romans uh, attacked and laid siege to uh, a number of those factions. But it was not always possible to extinguish them through the sheer might of military. And we have to put in on record that the, the Rome indeed had a very strong military apparatus. But it knew very well that when it came to the Hebrews, it had to be a bit more clever and more crafty. Hence, the creation of the New Testament. An antithesis against the sacred scriptures, the Flavian dynasty indeed through the help of many uh, rebels converted to their side, men like Josephus, um, were able to create a text of all, of all kinds, a revisionist test of history and um, essentially create a reality that is antithetical to this truth of the scriptures. So this is exactly what we have to understand when we talk about the fallacy of the New Testament. When uh, the Hebrews uh, assert that the New Testament is nothing but a book of spells and incantations, it is the understanding of history and the role of the Flavian dynasty and several others in this epic quagmire that helps us to make such conclusion. We are not making stuff up. It is simply an understanding of history which is very much hidden from many people. It is war by other means. This is exactly what this is. Shalom. Shalom, saints. Shalom. 
On today's segment, I will talk about salvation. Salvation. The Hebrew word for salvation is Yasha. Yasha. And it conveys the idea behind uh, deliverance. You're in trouble, uh, you've been kidnapped and a higher power comes around to rescue you. In the mind of the Hebrew, salvation is real. It's not a, uh, it's not just an idea, it's real. You're in the midst of enemies, a confederate set of enemies who are hell-bent on destroying you. In order to understand what the Hebraic understanding of salvation truly is, I encourage you to read the book of Psalm chapter 2. Tephilim chapter 2. Please read that chapter. And then you begin to understand truly what the concept of salvation is from an Hebraic perspective. The, the chosen people of the Most High, the saints, the saints of the Most High, uh, are hated by nations all around. Uh, the, the true people of the Most High, so-called Negroes, are, are vilified. They've gone through the worst type of treatment you can ever imagine. And so, understood in context of scripture and history, uh, salvation is a real thing for the Hebrew. Um, it's not just about, you know, uh, being forgiven your sins. Um, that in itself is a different concept entirely. Uh, you're saved and delivered from your enemies and those who have made it their life's mission to, to reduce you to mere biological specimen. Uh, it, is my, it is my belief, really, that in the near future, uh, the world, uh, the entire world, uh, and especially the so-called Negroes, who are the uh, chosen people of the Most High, will will know the true meaning of salvation. And then um, all of the uh, clownish conversations will will cease to be. Shalom. Shalom, saints. Shalom. On this segment, I want to talk about identity theft. Identity theft. And in talking about identity theft, I'd want to just make a quick reference, or shall I say, establish a, a footing for, for this monologue. It is widely acclaimed by people within the Negro extraction, uh, those who have studied the scriptures, that the people who the world call Jewish are indeed identity uh, thieves. And I say that not 
as an attack uh, to to a, a race of people, but to uh, indeed affirm that there are there exists a mountain of evidence to assent that fact. So, moving on from that um, hypothesis itself, uh, it becomes very interesting when we then put our gaze on the Christians. Now, Christians are an interesting species of people. I say species because um, the Christian is an interesting creation. Um, and this is covered in the book extensively. But but let us look at the origin of the etymology of the word Christ, from which Christianity and Christians um, are derived. The word Christ uh, is from the Hebrew word Mashiach, which is why in some circles the word Mashiach is even pronounced as Messiah. So the word Christ is Mashiach. And it simply means anointed. Anointed, to be anointed. And so, as far as the Hebrew scriptures is concerned, uh, you would find that uh, through the scriptures, if you transverse the scriptures, uh, the sacred writings, uh a number of people, a lot of people actually, were anointed, um, including inanimate objects. Um, the Many of the objects that were consecrated for use in the temple were anointed. And there was a strict guidance on how to make anointing as well, anointing oil. Now, Moshe was anointed, Aaron was anointed, uh, Samson was anointed. Shaul, the king, was anointed. David was anointed. Uh, Several people in scriptures were anointed. So in the mind of the Hebrew, being a Christ, being a a Mashiach, it's not a a special revelation. It's, it's, It's just a fact that you've been commissioned and consecrated that's what it means that's what mashiach means that's what it means to be a christ so what i'm trying to establish here is that not only as the uh, ashkenazi jews who have european descent hijacked the identity of the true israelites christians have done the same thing But they've gone a step further. Um, They have an entire testament uh, called the New Testament. This is the position of the book that Christians, like the Jewish, are identity thieves. And um, this book expounds on this line of reasoning, uh, backed up with a lot of evidence. So yeah, that's it. Uh, Shalom. Hello, friends. 
how's it going uh, i trust you're keeping well um this is gonna be a very short um monologue and i'm gonna title it why i am obsessed with christianity um i've been accused uh, by various persons um over time that um i tend to attack christian doctrines and the christian theology and some even some 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 have even gone as far as saying that i'm attacking christians and my response uh not to defend myself because i need not defend myself is i was a christian for 30 years i lived that reality i earned my stripes in that confusion and so the reason why i tend to direct my rebuttals to christians and to christianity it's not because of anything other than the fact that this is my this was once my reality so i i I know what i'm talking about i'm not making stuff up i have equally spoke about you know the other uh, two abrahamic so-called religions i'm talking about talmudic judaism and, and islam in the same vein, you know, I, I believe that they are adulterated parts, they are futile roots to the most high. Uh, and so I have nothing personal, I have no hidden agenda in terms of my rebuttals and you know, calling the spade a spade. Um, but but I, I'd hate to see my own people, uh you know, end up uh, being deceived, you know, uh, and living a lie. So the reason why I do what I do is because um, I know what I'm talking about. And number two, the scripture commands me as a watchman to to warn the people. Okay, I think it's a tragedy if you've lived a lie yourself and you can't help other people and share your perspective. I'm not forcing my views on anybody i'm just saying what i know you know the responsibility is on you to go check it out is it true you know if there's any aorta of truth in it you know make what you want to make up make of it um it's your life um but but i'm just trying my best to to live my truth as well and and that for me includes saying i was once blind now i can see i was lost now i am found uh, so christians i have no beef with you i'm just here to do the lord's work the most eyes work um shalom